0: Back to the Director Vibe Podcast. I'm your host and director of Vibes, Leslie Schultz. We are back talking with Charlene Rimshaw, the founder of Everyday Coherence, a therapist, holistic lifestyle coach, creator of the Say Goodbye to Burnout method, and now a published author of the incredible book Burn Bright. On the last episode, we talked with Charlene all about the science behind burnout, and I left you hanging there with the number one addiction to burnout. We're going to dive right into that. I am so excited to further introduce you to my friend Charlene and talk about her new book, Burn Bright. This incredible book offers guidance and solutions, along with tons of self-care techniques that help you heal from today's near constant state of burnout. And as I read this book, every page felt so relatable. It felt like it was basically written about the journey I'd been on in the past few years as I worked on shifting from never not working to the life of presence, peace, and purpose that I choose today. Without further delay, let's dive right into how we can heal from burnout and prevent burnout from happening again. So tell everybody, what is the number one addiction to burnout?
1: Yes, absolutely. Drum roll, please. Hello. <laughs> number one, the number one addiction is multitasking.
0: So true. I mean, I I don't even know. Sometimes I have 18 tabs open and have to catch myself. Like, what why am I doing this? When if we can just focus on one thing and just do that, you get all of those 18 things you have open done so much easier, but it goes back to kind of this idea of what society teaches us, right? Of we have to do all the things we have to wear all of the hats. No one ever explains that it's best to not wear them all at once.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's okay to wear all those hats. And when your experience, Leslie, and my experience of building everyday coherence is yes, you are a one person show when you're starting out as a as a solopreneur. Yeah. Right? And so it's not that you're not where you don't have a bunch of different hats to wear, but as you were saying, right, you don't wear them all at all at once. <laughs> one at a time is is really is really the way to go. And mindfulness in a sense is Monotasking, right? Instead mm-hmm. of trying to do like five different things at once, it's like, nope, I've got this one thing to do right now and I'm going to focus on this. And then when I complete this, I will put the next hat on.
0: It is a difficult thing to try to imagine to do when you're like, but I have 18 things to do right now. I can't just do the one you don't understand. So I loved the approach that you take with different tools and practices throughout this book. There are, I think, like 30 something different tools and exercises. They're so helpful. And a lot of them focused around mindfulness and kind of helping us to find that in little pockets of time. Anyone that is looking for tools on mindfulness, this is an incredible resource to go to because it can seem overwhelming. And is that that's probably your experience with your clients, right? Like mindfulness feels like this huge thing you have to carry. And where do you even begin?
1: <laughs> mindfulness seems like a big thing you have to carry. And then the idea of how do I, how do I even start? How do I exactly my brain is running a mile a minute while I'm doing one task? I'm thinking about the three things that I need to get done. And actually, why don't I just go do one of those? Yeah, tasks done.
0: Exactly.
1: So habitually and ingrained in our mind and body, right in our nervous system, in our thoughts, that it can absolutely seem like, this is impossible but the good news is it's not (laughs) impossible and sometimes well you know with my with my clients i mean they come to me pretty much with a readiness for change which is which is important even if you have a readiness for change one it doesn't make it easy and it doesn't mean oh i'm gonna be able to change immediately right? right sometimes there has to be a bit of suspending belief right like or suspending kind of like okay I'm willing to accept the concept and idea that rest is just as important as, as action. I'm willing to accept the idea that doing one task at a time is actually going to be ultimately more productive for me. That, that type of thing. Right. And then it's yeah. through the practices through, through the mindset, the willingness to kind of shift the mindset, and then actually doing the mindfulness and then particularly a lot of the body-based awareness, mindfulness practices, that as your body starts to quiet, as the nervous system starts to spend more time in parasympathetic mode, then it's not just a great idea. You're actually feeling the benefits. You're So you're buying into it because you now believe it because you're actually living it.
0: Being able to be open to new ideas when you are ready for change. That is the most important thing. And that's a lot of what I talk about here because the people that are here are here to direct their vibe. They're ready to do something different, to try something new. And mindfulness is such a beautiful place to start. I want to know in your personal world, is there any tools that you go to or rituals for yourself? I mean, you provided so many in this book, but what tools or rituals do you use to direct your vibe back to presence and purpose and peace?
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you for that question. Basically, anytime and in any way that I remember to refocus on my body, and that's a big piece mm. of why most of my, many of the mindfulness practices are related to the body because our bodies are always in the present moment. And our breath is always in the present moment. And so, and, and then like using mantras or even saying, oh, I'm aware that I'm walking down the street right now. So I do a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff during, during the day. And then just kind of reshifting, refocus, refocusing to the present moment. Yes. With my body, but also with my, with my thoughts of going, oh, let me look around right now. Like right now, for example, quite literally right now I'm in Mammoth lakes, California and I spend four days a week, I, I work three days and then I spend four days a week skiing and there's gorgeous mountains down here. I mean, just so huge. And so I'll be on the top of the mountain and I could easily, and I definitely do this a fair amount, just start charging down the mountain you know, at, at, at a rapid rate. Um, but I, I will also make sure to at least a couple times a day, look around at the huge peaks around and look at where the snow is and where the snow has melted and the shape of the clouds coming across the sky and looking down at the the expanse of i believe it's crowley lake and just taking in my surrounding the nature is absolutely a beautiful place to be able to go it's a little trickier when you live in an urban setting but even so um nature is definitely one of those focal points that absolutely is is amazing and healing and I just really consciously re- to remember to go, okay, what's happening right now? Oh, this is happening right now. What do I see? Perhaps what do I smell? I, it's springtime and as you know, living in, in the Sierras, the, the smell of the pine needles drying and, and the dirt, it's a very specific, you know, kind of a smell. And so I just really allow myself to, to enjoy, enjoy that in the moment.
0: Oh that's so good. I can relate to that completely. I feel like nature has this way of just totally encapsulating you. And even if you're having the worst day, if all of a sudden you're in nature and you can get out of your head and just look around you and take in what's going on around you, it's just like wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think that makes it a really easy practice to then bring into other areas of your life that feel hard and especially when you're like in the middle of a busy work day. You're like, okay, yeah, great. I don't have time to go outside, but you can bring that same mindfulness into your work day by taking a quick second to smell your cup of coffee that you're drinking and just like indulge in your senses and then bring yourself back to the present moment to the one task that you're going to complete and kind of use that as almost building up a muscle, your mindfulness muscle to keep going in that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I mean, that, that that's the biggest thing is, or not I maybe mean, not the biggest thing, but one of the biggest things is, Creating a conscious practice every day to take at least two to three mini breaks, and like you were saying, it could be thirty seconds. it yeah. could be five minutes. It could be something in between. But the idea of consciously choosing to shift your your attention mm-hmm. out of the steamroll through your day. <laughs> yeah, steamroll steam indeed. Rolling, steam. <laughs> steam rolling through our day because. It perpetuates burnout and, and it ultimately, right. Like makes, makes work and everything in life. Just like way more exhausting and less fun.
0: Yeah. Stop the steamroll. We should start like maybe make t-shirts with that. Get it out there. That's a good hashtag too. I like it. Stop the steamroll everybody. Okay. (laughs) So you talk about such a great holistic approach through this book. We've talked a little bit about the mindfulness part body, the mind, you even go into the emotions or social and personal focus, just like an overall picture of wellness. And I agree because it really does take reframing aspects of each of these pieces of ourselves to heal and prevent burnout. We did spend a little bit of time here on mindfulness because I felt like that was one of the most important pieces of it. But what I'd love to do before we wrap up this conversation is kind of move through each of these areas that you talk about and maybe quickly offer a brief bit of advice or a tool that our audience can take away and start implementing for each one of these. And then, of course, I'm going to direct everybody, go buy the book Burn Bright right away. I will link it in the show notes so that you can have all 34 exercises and all these beautiful words to read and walk through yourself. So let's start with the body. We've talked a little bit about it, but if there's anything else that you can add to it, please do, because this one I think might be even more important than mindfulness.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In in my opinion, it is, and and it is a way to utilize mindfulness in a very in a very effective way. So oh goodness, I could talk about the body for days. Let's see a couple things. One is really cultivating a friendship, like in a relationship with your body, mm-hmm. really allowing kind of like n- recognizing that, Oh, it's an ally. It's not this nuisance thing that I need to drag to the gym. So yeah. I can ideal weight or whatever it is. Right. Um, that it's actually there. That it's actually there for us as a, as an amazing healing tool. And as you were alluding to earlier, it actually helps to give us. It's our. It's sort of our wake up call. Right? Yeah. For, better, for better or worse, many people <laughs> talk that they're burnt out because they're physically exhausted, mm-hmm. or they're having like IBS issues, digestive stuff with their stomach, or they're having heart. We feel like heart palpitations and more. Yeah. You know, anxiety type of stuff. And we are so busy ignoring all of that stuff until it gets really loud. And mm-hmm. then, it becomes, then it's like, oh, well now it's an extra nuisance. Now I have to go to the doctor. Now I'm, I have to, you know, miss this engagement of, you know, event of some sort because I'm not feeling well. And it's like, well, if we just shift and look at a, what's going on, what is my body trying to tell me?
0: Yes. That is so important. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And then when we can start to talk kindly to our bodies, treat our our bodies with kindness, right? Saying, I'm listening to you. I hear you. Thank you for showing me what's going on. You know, and you can even be also, it's not all about, you know, fluffy kittens and puppies and unicorns. You can say, you know what? I'm feeling really frustrated and it's, and this is painful for me. I'm kind of like, kind of mad at you body. I'm feeling, anger towards you but i also want to work with you so we can we can find the solution together
0: oh that was well said i like that a lot that's beautiful yeah. okay what about the mind
1: yep so the mind oh the mind this is where <laughs> we love to live
0: don't this we time. we just love to stay there just overthink everything
1: yeah overthink it and overthink it you know and it it's interesting because. I've had different clients that being in, right, being in your mind is, seems like the safest place to be, but it's only because that's where we spend most of our time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: and it's actually in our thoughts, which is what perpetuates unhelpful thoughts, perpetuates anxious thought, perpetuates all of these limiting beliefs about who we are, who we can be, what we need to do, who we need to be. And so recognizing, okay, thank you, mind. Of course I need you. I, you know, right? Like if we didn't have a brain, then we wouldn't have, you know, this ability to be human and do all right. the stuff. So it, we need we need it to be a friend just, just as much as well. But learning to work with our thoughts in a way that is helpful. And what I mean by helpful is helping us move towards being kinder to ourselves, to trusting our bodies, to questioning, I know we're going to get into social and, and personal values, and kind of questioning, is this my belief or is this a belief that I've inherited from society?
0: Right? Mm, that's a good one. That's a big one.
1: That's ah, a big one. <laughs> Yeah. And a big a big one that most of us have inherited is that we're not enough. Right. We need to keep striving, that we need to and, and that we need to motivate through through punitive ways. That we need to actually be mean to ourselves in order to be motivated to get stuff done. But when we can shift to being motivated from a place of personal empowerment from love for ourselves, from Mm -hmm. kindness for ourselves, for compassion for ourselves, being like, you know what? I want to do this because I'm ready to change. I want to do this because I feel this, this deep sense of fulfillment inside of me, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, so I would say one last piece about the mind is just starting to notice when you have mean thoughts to yourself, you know, like about yourself and say, hmm, okay, that was a mean thought. I'm beginning to do it differently. I'm learning to treat myself with self-kindness. I'm learning to talk to myself with absolute kindness.
0: I love that idea of rewiring your thoughts by noticing them and not doing so with judgment. That I think is the most important piece of it. Like just you're, you're trying to notice when you're not kind. So don't stack more unkind things on top of it. Yeah. And come at it with compassion.
1: God, I was so mean to myself just then. God, I'm such a jerk for being so
0: mean to myself. Right, then we just spiral and perpetuate. So, I love that. The rewiring with compassion I feel like is so important, which leads really well into the emotional focus. This is something that I am working really hard to help normalize that like we get to feel all of the feelings. We get to feel the good and the labeled bad feelings all of them are so important to our full experience.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I love that that's a big piece of what you what you promote. And absolutely as I of course share in my book, it's really it's like feeling our full range of emotions is is it's socially unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: And Even talking about it is like ew, I don't ew.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're so taught from a young age by well-intentioned parents by well-intentioned you know teachers and coaches and uh, et cetera and okay maybe some of them aren't fully well-intentioned because they've got their own crap going on but for the most part <laughs> like, people are well-intended and i believe that we're all doing the best we can with what we've got sure right and so <clears throat> generation after generation is really taught oh there's certain emotions that are acceptable and and particularly gendered, right? Oh, you're a girl, so you can feel these. Oh, you're a boy, you can feel these. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can't feel any of these, and none of these, and none of those. And some of it is covert messaging, some of it is overt messaging, and especially when we're so young, before the age of seven, we're just taking it all in as a, as a sponge, and we're also taking it all in as absolute truth.
0: Yeah. We have
1: a capacity at that point, for our brain development, to even question oh wait a minute, no, I feel really angry and I'm going to express it.
0: talk a little bit for a second on that, how that can lead to burnout and what we can do to start pulling ourselves away from that within our emotions.
1: The biggest piece is actually my emotions are an asset. My emotions are a superpower. Yes. And if I ignore or deny my emotions, or become completely enveloped by them. All of those are ways that I stay stuck. I stay stuck in, in burnout. And so we're, so by learning how to allow them to rise to the surface, cause they're going to surface because they live in our bodies. They're going to surface. There's three, three modes of, of how we experience emotions. One is we push it away, we deny it, we distract it, we do everything to get it to be like, nope, I feel fine, I feel good. And that process is totally exhausting. (laughs) Absolutely is a big piece of what ultimately leads to the exhaustion of burnout because we're so busy, you know, pushing away all of all of the pain and everything else. And then eventually though, it 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 can't be ignored any longer and then. It completely envelops us so that's when it's like i'm sad i'm depressed i'm angry and there's sort of this this enmeshed identity with it right and, and then we tend to as humans who have never really been taught one that it's okay and vital to feel our emotions we're also not taught how to fully process them and again our parents didn't know to do that so how would they have been able to teach us right Right. and so that's the thing it's like okay well this as we are evolving as as peoples as humans i think it's becoming fortunately you know the destigmatization of mental health and all of this kind of stuff it's like okay how do we work with this and basically the third way is learning to observe it learning to feel it like truly feel it go okay i am feeling anger anger right now or i am feeling joy or i am feeling isolated but recognizing oh it's not who i am it's an emotion and an experience that i'm having and the other piece is knowing that it that it will pass because it can feel like i'm stuck in it and this is how i'm always going to be right but if you take a step back and maybe like the listeners can think about this like Yes, you've felt angry before. Are you angry at this moment? I mean, maybe you are angry at this moment, but (laughs) right, like, but emotions are transient, and so remembering that, being able to be with them without them taking you over, and remembering that they that they can pass, and that that's how that's an aspect of how you allow your emotions to process through you, and then allows it kind of decreases the fear and the need to push them away.
0: Right. That's really well said. Okay. Social and personal focus. How does that relate to burnout and how can we help heal that?
1: So that's a big one. And we spoke a little bit about that. um, I think when we were talking about the thoughts, the piece of recognizing that social norms, social values, especially tied to our burnout culture, if we kind of, I'll just say this blindly follow those norms and values as our own, then we're almost guaranteed to burn out and stay burnt out. And so it's about really looking and discerning what aligns with your truth and what you'd like to leave at the door, so to speak. Because social norms, social values, they're not inherently good, bad, right, or wrong. And in some ways they serve a purpose we have a civil society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) But the point is of recognizing, oh, does this value, or does this belief, or does this ritual, or does this norm actually resonate with me? Does it align with my my truth? And again, um, being, you know, being a, a burnout culture, there's so, so many things. Such as the idea of right, we need to like work harder, get more done, never stop, always on, badge of courage, da da. da, da, da right. If we huh, if we continue to choose all of that as our values, then then we're just gonna stay burnt out.
0: Absolutely true. I have been there <laughs> and I've talked a lot about it. And so much of what you shared today and in this book was so relatable to a journey that took me four or maybe five years to figure out from the moment I realized like, Oh, I think maybe I'm, I'm exhausting myself. I I don't want to have what I called an event hangover after every event that I work. This isn't normal or healthy or okay. And I think noticing that and looking at all of it as a holistic healing journey is so important. So thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing all of your wisdom on this. I'm going to be, of course, including a link in the show notes to your book, Burn Bright. Everybody go get a copy. We certainly all need it before we get going let people know how they can connect with you online now so that they can tap into your vibe right away
1: sure absolutely thank you leslie for having me on thank you to everyone that's listening here um would love to love to love to connect with you so i i have my instagram handle is everyday coherence you can also connect to me on linkedin by my full name charlene Rimsha, and my website is everydaycoherence.com and those are the those are the best ways to locate me because you can also find my email and and you know other different ways to to connect with me.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: That's my pleasure, thank you.
0: Sending out so much love and gratitude to you listening right now for taking this time to direct your vibe, learn about burnout, learn how you can heal from it. I hope that the past couple of episodes on burnout have served you well. I highly recommend picking up a copy of Charlene's book, Burn Bright, it is incredible. Please take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram where I'm hanging out a lot of the time, tag me at Allison 33 and direct your vibe podcast. Tag Charlene at Everyday Coherence. And share your biggest takeaway. Let's spread this message and help more people heal and prevent burnout. This is such an important message, and I really want to see it spread as far as possible. Thank you again for being here and spending this time with me. Keep your vibes high, and we'll talk soon.